Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast, brought to you by Women Connect and Support. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am a woman that is very passionate and on a mission to help women and men that are struggling with infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. I am here to help share stories of the struggles that couples have gone through to inspire and give you hope to continue on your journey to have a family to love. I have talked to so many men and women that have all told me the same thing, that they all felt very, very alone as they were going through the struggles and the grief. I want you to know that you are not alone and I am here to connect you to others to give you hope beyond the struggles and the grief. Hello and welcome listeners. I am so excited to be talking to what I'm hoping to be a friend in the near future and maybe after today we'll be considered friends. She is someone that I just have talked to one time. We were connected by a mutual friend um, to be a guest on my podcast. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Denise. Welcome, Denise. Thank you. So I want to just start with, um, Denise, I always start with all of my guests with asking, because we are talking about um, infertility and loss of children. Um, I want to start with you and your spouse. Um, maybe when you were dating or when you first got married, what was your plans for a family? Well, we knew we we wanted one, um, but like not in the very in the very beginning, we didn't um, try or anything because we were still well. I was still in college, so we were still kind of establishing ourselves and sure um, wanted to have a home and and all those kinds of things. We got married in 1981, and we bought our first house in 1983. And so we decided that was a good time to get started. I was working. He was working. We were both, you know, we were, we were doing okay and thought it was time. So good. And did you determine when you were dating or the beginning of your marriage, if you wanted just one child, you wanted multiple children? Did you talk about that? You know, I don't think we ever like set a number to it. It was more like what was in God's plan, really. I mean, it wasn't okay. in our hands. Um, I don't know if we ever really flat out said a number. He, come, My husband comes from a family of eight, so he's used to a large group. Sure. Um, I only come from a family of four, so mine's a little smaller. but Sure. But nowadays, four is large. Four, four is large. <laughs> four, four yeah, yeah. So that's that's interesting that you guys really didn't talk about a number, but knew you wanted to have children and that you put it in God's hands. Yeah, we want them, you know, healthy kids and well, awesome. Whatever, like I said, whatever came came our way, we would be happy with. Okay, okay. And so you indicated so in 1983 when you had your house and you both had jobs and you felt life was sort of secure. Um, that you wanted to start having a family. Yeah. And so tell me about that. So um, I was probably more into 84 by the time, you know, uh, we, we really, really started, I guess. But uh, we um, um, just, just, you know, kind of my husband also, the other part of it was my husband traveled. So mm. we had to work with that. He, he's in the construction business. So he would live on job sites and things like that. So that also created issues at times, but, um, sure. You needed to both be there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I mean, it wasn't like a wholehearted, you know, jump in. It was just kind of, okay, let's just give it a shot. And, Mm -hmm. um, so in 19, so it was like, yeah, end of 83, probably right in there that Mm -hmm. we got, you know, made the decision and then um it was um 84 
then that I got pregnant actually. So I got pregnant in, okay. That would have been, um, let me think. I got to do some math. It would have been a <laughs> Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend because he was, because okay. he was home. Um, so and I, you celebrated. Yeah. So I, I actually, yes, I can tell you uh, what holiday I got pregnant on because <laughs> okay. I, can, I can always tell that. Um, so yeah, we uh, found out then. I guess it was summer of '84, and we had just bought our first house in '83, and I remember we didn't have air conditioning. Hmm. And. Uh, so it was it was a warm summer. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh she was due in February. Okay. Okay. Of course we and, didn't know what it was at that point in time because they didn't have that technology. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. I know I my uh youngest daughter um was born in 85 and I remember having an ultrasound, but they never told you boy girl or any of that back then so yeah and you didn't even regularly have an an ultrasound it was just if they thought there was a complication or something right yeah yeah the technology that they have today is oh my gosh is amazing from 1984 to my daughter just my daughter just had a baby in february so okay the technology from that to that is like just mind-boggling yeah yeah. Yeah. So you, you got pregnant and you were due in February. How was that pregnancy? Pregnancy Any complications or no, absolutely none. The pregnancy was, was just absolutely perfect. I think I might've gained about, uh, again, I'm, my memory is going to have to work. <laughs> it's okay. Probably gained about 30 pounds. It was, it was, everything was perfect. I mean, they were saying everything was wonderful. Um, uh-huh. I was healthy. Um, I was, so it would have been 25 and um, everything was good until uh, she was born. She was born on February 14th, um, Valentine's Day. Uh, the labor was rough. I had um, gone into labor and I labored for about four days. It was a, uh, actually it was a bladder infection that had kicked in and um and they sent me home and they, you know, then I, then I wound up going back and, um, and then I wound up pushing for about four hours. And, and apparently, apparently I have, um, and I, I I'm not going to be, I'm not going to know medical terms, but my pelvic bones won't open for a baby to come out. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so I just had, I they did an emergency C-section and she came out. Her APGAR was like nine. Um, she was eight pounds, five ounces, beautiful Molly Rose. She was just, you know, sign of a really healthy, healthy baby. Um, until, uh, she, uh, so she was, what she had was called hypoplastic left heart, which means the left side of her heart did not develop. Um, there are still kids being born with that, but they've, figured out how to fix it now molly was just born before her time um the medical interventions that they have now to fix it are just incredible that they're operating on babies with that before they're even born or immediately after they come out and they usually wind up having to have several surgeries but wow so, so what happened is um there is a valve in our hearts mm-hmm. is goes between the left side and the right side and uh, don't take my medical <laughs> I'm not a medicine person so um I'll explain it in the best layman's terms um so this valve apparently stays open while we're carrying the baby uh while the mother's carrying the baby and then 12 to 24 hours after a baby is born that valve starts to close up because we do the work of the heart for them mm-hmm. then this starts to close up and then their heart takes over that's the best descript- medical description I can give you. And um, as hers started to close up, apparently she started having breathing problems. Um, and so they were supposed to bring her in about 1 a.m. for me to feed her, and they didn't. 
But I was 25 years old. I didn't know any better. And they they just wanted me to keep on sleeping because I had had such a rough go of it. Um, and then at 5 a.m. they came in and told me that she was having some breathing problems and they were waiting on doctors. In that time frame, I called my husband, who had actually gone to work. Um, oh. Yeah, well, he's he's that kind of guy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So he, he to work no matter what. Um, and so uh, he came up there and I had had a C-section, so I wasn't going anywhere. Um, and they um, determined that she needed to go down to Cardinal Glennon. So the emergency transport team and the ambulance came. Now they've got helicopters and all kinds of crazy stuff now that then gets babies down there fast. They do. Mm-hmm. And Cardinal Glennon is truly the most amazing place on the face of this earth. Um, I would never say a bad word about Cardinal Glennon. We actually have a account down there that people donate in her name on her birthday and stuff because um, we just totally believe in Cardinal Glennon. Um, so anyway, so at this, they took her down there and determined that she did have this hypoplastic left heart. So they gave her some medication to keep that valve open, which allowed me to come down there. Um, so they, the hospital let me go down there. And I went down and it was pretty much a situation of, of saying goodbye. Yeah. Um, they gave us our time. Um, the, there was social workers there and um, our parents came. Um, and uh, so we, we did, we did have our time. They took pictures, um, had her baptized, confirmed all of that stuff. Uh, so we got to, you know, we got to spend some time with her. Uh, if I, if I had to say how I remember it, and I say this all the time, I, I almost remember it as like an out of body thing. Like I was hanging from the ceiling, just watching this event unfold. Mm. Just uh, that's, that's my memory of it. Like my memory of my husband walking into the hospital room with his dad behind him. Mm -hmm. Mom had come up and sat with me and his dad was behind him. And his dad never goes to hospitals. So it's that point in time where you go, something's up. Yeah. And, you know, and, and he had to come in and tell me that she wasn't going to live. Um, and we were, we were 25. Yeah. We were, we were so young. And so, I don't even know the word. Not, not na naive is not the word. Yeah. But just not realizing what was going you know really the true depth of it sure of what was ha was about to happen to us but we got we did get to go down to Cardinal Glennon um there was um doctors and nurses and social workers that were just incredible human beings for what they did for us and supporting us so you yeah. had you had indicated now they do surgery, you know, in in the womb. Um, yeah. But um, so because she had already been born and the technology wasn't there after she was born, they weren't able to do any surgery because it was no. just she was, missing, she was missing too much of her heart. Okay. In order for them, there was there was no way to repair that. Now they're they're doing things like rerouting it, and uh, again, don't take my sure. medical. Um, they they they've learned how to do it. I mean, she was just born before her time. Yeah. Uh, as as you know, when you think about it, that that's that's life. I mean, babies that were born you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago that might have been born with, you know, uh, I don't even, I can't even think of something right now that's so simple to us, you know, that that's easily fixed nowadays. So, you know, it's just part of life. Sure, sure. 
like not being, you know, the tech, it's, it, the technology just was not there. It literally was there about a year or so later. I don't know if you remember that they did a surgery. Uh, what was the baby Fay? They put that monkey heart. Oh in. yeah. He was born with that and they put the monkey heart in her. Um, experimentally it was something they did and it was like it was like literally a year later that they were starting to really figure things out there was another little boy that was born I remember it being on the front page of the post like about a year year and a half later after she was born that um that they had done some surgery too to save him yeah So my daughter um, that had a birth defect that I'm hoping to have her on an episode soon was born in 1985 as well. And she was transported the same way um, to Cardinal Glennon. Um, She was born in April. So I do, I can totally relate to um, all of that part of it, you know, that you're in the hospital with a C-section, same here, and your child is somewhere else, you know, um, that was hard for me. I mean, I'm sure that was very difficult for you too. I mean, you, you have a baby, but you're not anywhere near that baby. Yes. Yes. I think, and I, and I said this before about only being 25, mm-hmm. it, it probably truly was my saving grace because at 25, I was not, um, I could, naive is the only word I can come up with. Yeah. And it's really not the term I want to use, but I, you know, I, it was my saving grace as in I didn't realize the, um, heaviness of it. I mean, like I didn't really realize the enormous enormous oh I am really having a hard time with words um you know how how big this was going to be sure sure at at that time and there were so many people and thank God for them that were leading us through it that were helping us through it there was you know there was like I said the nurses the doctors our my husband's parents I mean you know our parents like I mean there were people that were there holding on to us uh, and, and, and leading us to make decisions and things like that. Sure. Because we'd never been through anything like that before. I mean, like, and that's an experience now. Like I have had, I had a friend um, whose daughter, uh, the, the baby was born and they had a hard time getting him out. And he was without oxygen for a long period of time. Mm. And they had to make some just tremendous decisions about him. He wasn't going to make it. He actually made it. He's like nine years old and running around like, like a crazy kid. Oh my goodness. But, yes. Um, but um, at that time when that happened, um, she actually, the, her mom, who's a friend, really good friend of mine, called me and said, she wants to see you. You're the only person she wants to see right now because she, and, and she knew the decision that we had to make and Mm -hmm. it was a decision that she was going to have to make as well. Um, They actually wound up um, bringing his body temperature like way down and allowing him to heal and then bringing it back up and he survived. Oh my goodness. But I mean, I dropped everything and was at children's hospital there, you know, because, because I, at that point in time, I knew, I mean, I knew what she was going through. I knew that at that point in time, she needed just to be with someone who understood. Sure. That had been through that, that totally could relate. Yes. And that to feel not totally alone. And when I talk about that experience that I had, I will always say that it was the most significant experience I ever had in my whole life. It uh, over having my other children over getting married because of what it taught me because Mm -hmm. of what it made me. It, 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 it taught me, it gave me more compassion. It gave me understanding 
um, of things that I really, because I had never been through it, you know, you, you hear about people losing children and, you know, most people are like, wow, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sad to them because, you know, they don't want to lose their own children, but then you go through it and your perspective is so different when you hear about it, like your heart aches. I, I really feel this. I like your heart aches in a different way for those people. When you hear about somebody losing children, no matter really how old they are. Sure. Um, you know, I, I know people that have lost adult children and, and people that have lost babies. And I, I really think that your heart aches in a different way for them because you have experienced that. Yeah. Ache. Yeah. That no, that no one else, although they can always say, people can always say, well, I'm really sorry. Um, and there's times that people have said, what do I say? What do I say? And I'm like, you really don't have to say anything. Mm-mm. Just just hold them, just, just hug them, just send them your love because no words, no matter what words you speak at that point in time, they're really not going to heal anything. And for um, some of my friends who have lost children that I, you know, have talked to and have talked to me, um, you know, people say time heals, Mm. time softens. It doesn't heal. It just softens. Mm Mm-hmm. It softens the, it softens the pain. It doesn't take it away. It doesn't make it go away. It just softens it. Yeah. That's a good way to describe that. Um, Yeah. All that pain and grief is always with you. Yes. Because I, and, and it's not there every single day. That's why I always tell them, you know, other people, because I, like, like I said, many people have reached out to me because they all know. And um, it, it's not there every single day. It's, I mean, I'm going on 35 years here. Um, it was 35 years this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but there are things, there are, there will be times when memories or, and birthdays and um, it can be anything. I mean, it, it, you know, something can trigger, trigger it sometimes. And, and you, you do learn, you learn how to handle it, but um. And we celebrate it at our house. We still celebrate her every Valentine's day. We celebrate her. That is we, awesome. Yeah. My, my other girls and I, and my husband, um, and now my son-in-law and now my grandson, um, we, uh, and the kids always ask me, when are we doing Molly's birthday? Because whatever Sunday is closest to her birthday, uh, we all go to church together and we go out to breakfast. And that's just been a tradition that we have been doing for forever um, just to celebrate her, just that acknowledge that she was part of, she's part of our family. Yes. You know, and sometimes people, uh, I don't know about you, but like some people say, you know, how many kids do you have? And depending on what day it is, you know, there are times when I'll say, well, I had four girls. Um, I have three here and one in heaven. Um, And then sometimes I just say, I got three girls. You know, it, it just de- kind of depends on, I think, where you are at that point in time or who you're talking I to. I was going to say, probably who you're talking to, whether you want to go into an explanation if they don't know you. Right. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes you do. Uh, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I think, because I, I firmly believe in acknowledging that, although not here, um, still part of your life and always will be. And I hope that my girls, um, after I'm gone, I hope my girls still celebrate her birthday. They, since you've been doing it so long and doing it so long with them, I'm sure that they will. I hope so. I, I'm sure that they will. Yeah. Cause I only have girls. I, we had no sons. Yeah. I have three other girls. Yeah. Um, and so, so you, yeah, I hope they do. Yeah, I think they, I think that they will. So I think it is great. Um, I think it, it helps with that um, healing. And, and I've not experienced that, but I would think that it helps kind of with that healing um, to celebrate her and know that, you know, she was part of your family. She still is part of your family. 
and to be able to celebrate. Do you do anything else? You said there was um, a fund at Cardinal Glennon for her, which I think is great. Um, My daughter, you know, go back to this a little bit. My daughter is part of that transport team at Cardinal Glennon now. And I do want to ask her if um, about um, Molly Rose's um, foundation, I guess, I'm not sure what they call it there. Well, they just, you can donate like in a kid's name that went down there. So there, there is a, a thing you know, when, when donations are made, people can, um, can pick, you know, say her name. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would like, I'm going to ask my daughter, um, about that. Um, so yeah, um, that's, you know, but, but I think I started to say, I think it helps. I would think you have to tell me for sure if it helps to, celebrate her do you celebrate her any other time um during the year or just at her birthday on her her birthday Um, i have a box and in that box is um some as cards and letters and um just some of her her stuff you know like uh i think there's a dress in there and you know just some different things like that Mm -hmm. and that's it's just in a it's sadly it's just in a rubber made box um and it sits on the shelves with the other kids' boxes you know with their baby books and all that jazz in it sure um and i do from time to time i i will get that out sometimes and and touch it and read it and and have a good cry i mean i i think that's all part of the healing mm-hmm. as well you know if it if it hits me that i need to go through that to release some of that to this day. I mean, like I said, it's been 35 years, but to this day, like if I need to, I will get that box out and, and kind of go through it. I, I don't do it with anybody else around. It's usually a private moment. Sure. Um, because there'll be too many questions. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, my husband doesn't even know I do that. Yeah, uh, that's just my that's my mom connection. That's a that's a mother thing. I, and I was going to say that's probably a way that you feel very much connected again. You know, more on the physical side of it, maybe to Molly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, here we are carrying them. For, yeah. Oh. Yeah. For all those months, and you know, getting connected to them and 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 things like that so yeah, yeah you, do, you do and I, I i don't i think for anyone any mother that has has lost a child or you know suffered through any of that whatever way people use to get through that and to heal themselves and to deal with that grief I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it. No, I, I agree. Everybody has their own way to to deal with that as long as it's healthy. You know, I think there is right. there is but definitely unhealthy yes. ways to do sure. that. But as long as it's healthy um, in a healthy way, yeah, everybody kind of does things what's best for them. Oh, I have been um, on the side. I am a, I'm actually a music teacher, um, so I have been playing the guitar since I was like eight years old, so we're going, what, 53 years now, um, and I am a closet songwriter, and um, I wrote, wrote a song about her. I wrote a song about Lucy. You and, did? Yes, I did, and I, you know, when I need to, I, I'll sing that. So have you ever thought about recording that song? Or have you recorded that song? Well, I mean, I recorded it like on my iPad, but that's about it. Okay. Okay. Not like I've never like put it out there. Sure. Sure. Um, That just, you know, I don't know. I I just, that that was just my private way. And, you know, some people write poetry. Some people do diaries. Some people write songs. Some people. Yeah. So, you know, that. That and again, when you were saying healthy and not healthy, I mean that's a healthy way to get rid of it. Absolutely. And my husband, even every once in a while, he'll be like, "Play me Molly's song," and and he will mm. 
and and this is this is from your dad this is from the dad perspective um he will ask me to play that song for him um and i'll play it and usually when i'm playing i can look up and i'll see him crying so that must be his way his way to connect with molly yeah yes that's beautiful Uh, and, and maybe that's not the right word but it is i mean that's how i see that 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 you have created something that helps him reconnect as well. He didn't have yes. the total connection you had to her, but he's definitely was still connected, you know? I think people, I think um, in all of that, people forget that dad, the dad side of it. I mean, cause that's, that's their life too. And there are times where he has been in situations and we have talked, you know, had conversations with people about losing a child and he will get teary eyed. Sure. So, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely connected to that. And we both are, we, we are both, let me say we both are together. Mm-hmm. Like that is something that is an experience that him and I share that no one else will ever really truly understand. I think my Mm-mm. girl, my girls see it when we get upset and, and understand that connection. Um, they don't, they won't hope, oh Lord, hope they never, ever have to experience it. But I mean, I think they, they see that they, see that they know that we are connected through that. Through her. Well, and it's interesting that you say that and, and that, you know, um, because sometimes the opposite happens, you know, that, a, yes. that a couple no longer is a couple because, yes. because they can't communicate, they can't connect themselves now after that loss. Um, so what do you think your marriage had to have been strong to begin with, but what helped you keep that connection and that strong bond with your husband during that time? Wow. That's a huge question. That is a huge question. But I think, I think because there are those that separate and divorce after, I think there are people that need some guidance maybe on that. So yeah. No, I totally agree with you that, 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 that is one thing that could make or break a marriage. Oh yes. And luckily for us, it made it. Um, how we healed. So was it communication? Obviously you probably, I think that's always anything, you know, to create yeah. a relationship is there has to be communication. I think sometimes one will shut down and not communicate until they're ready. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, you are correct there. So you guys had some good communication from the very beginning or? Yes, we did. We did. I mean, we will be married 39 years this year. So um, our marriage definitely has something going for it. Um, (laughs) Longevity. Uh, (laughs) But no, we are, we're, we're good. We're, we're, we're very good together. Um, We're, we're good friends um, as well as husband and wife and father and mother. Um, we, we talked about it. Like it never, the biggest thing is it never got pushed under a rug. I mean, never, ever. We were open about it. And if one of us was in pain, the other one was there to, I remember one night, um, it was probably about a month or so after she passed away. Um, he was in bed and literally weeping, weeping. And I, just remember crawling in that bed and holding him and he was he had gone to bed before me or something I don't even remember the situation so long ago but um, just crawling in that bed and holding on to him I all I remember at the hospital um okay so whenever they found out the baby wasn't going to live uh they got me off because I couldn't still I still was healing yeah I could you know and and back in that day you know, they kept you in the hospital for a week after a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, they got me off of that maternity ward and they moved me to, I swear to God, it was old people ward, but um, was, <laughs> you know, I was 25. So, you know, I'm, I'm going with. Everybody I'm going, was old. 
yeah. Okay. You know, now I'm there, but <laughs> they moved me to, I don't know if it was gastro. I don't know what ward they, cause I can't even remember, but they moved me off of that ward and they put me in a room um, it by, uh, and they had, there were two beds in that room so that he could stay in there with me. Um, and I remember one night he was asleep in the other bed. And I remember getting out of that bed and crawling into bed with him and just holding on to him uh-huh. that I just, I needed that. I needed him to hold on to me. Sure. So, I mean, for us, the healing came with us knowing or not even knowing but just anticipating or or being there when one was in grief the other one kind of had to be there you know to hold up that end of it um and and we did that for each other Mm -hmm. and we still to this day I mean we will we will talk about it and and I you know if if, like again if we're in a situation where people are talking about losing children or something like that I mean it's always you know, we both have our input and we're on the same page. That I, th- I think that's great that, you know, he is because a lot of times men do not want to show their emotions, um, you know, and, and I think yeah. it's it's great that he will. I, ha- I have a husband that's exactly the same way that um, he will definitely show his emotions. And I think that's. I think that's important for a woman to see. Yes, I was just going to say that as, as women, as women, we have to be able to, in it, God forbid anybody's in that situation. Um, I'll always preface with that. Sure. Um, we have to be able to see um, that they need it too. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to be open to and give them that. No matter how they do it, you know, for, for a guy, a guy, you know, a guy might like sit there and have, you know, a case of beer and have a good cry and, you know, and I'm not saying that's healthy, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, for a guy, it might take something like that to let those emotions get out a little bit more, you know, because that's just the difference between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have to be as women, we have to be aware of that and give them that time to grieve too, mm-hmm. you know, I, like, so I was, I'm a teacher. And so when that happened, I, there was a sub in my classroom that um, was going to finish out the year. So I, at that point in time had no place. I mean, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a job. I mean, I was like, there's already a sub in place. I, they're not going to, I can't go in there and go get out. Yeah. Um, taking my classroom back. Um, I mean, I had to finish out that maternity leave. And, uh, but he had to go back to work. Mm. That following week after we had the funeral and everything like that. I mean, he's, you know, he's back into daily living and back into work. And I wasn't. So I was at home um, alone. Yeah. Because I was yeah. my first child. There was nothing to keep me busy. I do remember that first Monday, um, I had a group of, of girlfriends that like, lived, in the, lived in the neighborhood. I was sitting there in my pajamas. I think we're sitting there reading a paper or something in the kitchen or on the back porch. And they came knocking on the door and they're like, get dressed. We're going out to breakfast. I still remember that. They like got me out of that house. They knew what I needed. And they were already seasoned moms. Mm-hmm. They, these were gals in the neighborhood who already had, you know, children that were 10, 11, 12, whatever, however old their kids were. Yeah. And, um, and you were okay with that because yes, you feel like it, they, it helped you for, to, yes, to have them like, come. Yeah. Okay. As a person who, who would not be in that situation, <clears throat> like if, if you're the person looking, how do I help my friend? Um, that was one thing that helped me. It like got me. Otherwise, I would have been sitting in that chair all day, just staring in space going, now what do I do? Now what do I do? And they came, and I will f- be forever grateful to them. It was four gals, um, and I will be forever grateful to them because they came and got me. And, I mean, they literally, like I said, knocked on the door, and they're like, get your clothes on. We're out of here. Just surrounded um, you with so much love, it sounds like. 
I mean, we went, you know, it, and it, I guess it brought back, I guess the best word would be normalcy. It gave me mm. some normal, you know, instead of, like I said, sitting there by yourself and grieving, you know, but that, I'm not yeah. saying that's good. That's not good for everybody. No, no. Everybody's got their comfort. And so what else, yeah. you know, you had the support of your husband, you had support of some four really, really good friends. How are, how else did they help support you through to, in my eyes, the most difficult thing in your life? How did they help support you? Um, there was also, okay. So the social worker, um, after, after we had the funeral and and did all that kind of stuff, there was a, uh, they hooked me up with a group and I really truly don't know if that group still exists. I, I, I would love to be a counselor for them. I know there's some other groups that do it as well. Um, and it was called amend a M E N D. And it was, um, Association of Mothers Encountering Neonatal Death. Neo or neo or neonatal death. I guess it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they actually hooked me up with a lady. Her name was B. Um, I don't know if she's still around or not. Um, and uh, basically, it was it's a group of women who went through that, who had lost children, whether um, in uterine or out of uterine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would, I guess they got the names from the hospital um, and they would call, they would call on you and then they would check on you and kind of just talk to you. So like you could just, you know, say, well, this is what I'm feeling now. Um, you know, what do I do with this? How do, you know? Yeah normal i mean things like that so she i talked to her for several years she was um she was a godsend i mean we wound up sending christmas cards to each other and for a long long time yeah until we touch um again i would love i personally would love to do that uh, for somebody i mean like and sometimes she she just listened to me and sometimes she gave me advice and sometimes she asked questions and you know, but she would check on me about once in the beginning, it was a more often, but then, you know, just every once in a while, she would just call and say, how you doing? That's awesome. And, you know, kind of checking on you. Yeah. On me. They probably can't do that anymore with all the HIPAA laws and all that kind of stuff. Just, I, just call you. <laughs> I would guess you would almost, You'd have they to would almost reach out. I, yeah, I guess. Or else people would refer you. Yeah. Maybe from- refer you or something like that yeah i know there's other groups like that i don't know the names of them but i know there are some of that yes some of that is there there is a group that actually it's called share um yes that one yes i know that and, one I know and that's a big one in this area it actually was started in springfield illinois and I think um it's nationwide but i think the main office now is in the saint charles county uh, area here in the St. in here in St. Louis. You are correct. Cause the ones there was a, several, several, several years ago, I tried to reach out to them to see if I could uh-huh. and then at, do counseling. And at the time they didn't have any um, training going on. Cause mm-hmm. of course I'm sure there's some intense training that has to be done to do, you know, to do something like that because you have to be sure you really got to know what you're doing. You know, you could turn, you could turn somebody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wrong things or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a good thing. Yeah. To get you connected or, or look and see. Um, I know the gal that's over here on the Illinois side of the river, that's kind of in charge of that, but I don't in Missouri, but probably just going to their website, you know, you can look at that. So, then what happened? You you had Molly Rose. She passed away, but you just indicated you have other daughters. Yeah, well, it was that um, that you know <laughs> how how do you was that to just because you wanted to have whatever God provided, or was that part of the grieving to have another child? How do you remember that? Well, when they told us it was time, you know, when they, 
you know, you have to, of course, wait your sufficient amount of time to, to try again. Um, we did, you know, um, because we knew we wanted more, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I can't, I I don't really know if that was like, if that helped in the healing, Mm -hmm. um, as I mean, it, it, it helped as in, I was now busy. I was now like, you know, engaged in a whole nother world because I had to be a mom and, 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 and do that thing. The fear factor was huge. Um, we actually had to do, because it is genetics, Mm. we had to do, we did have to go talk to a doctor about the possibilities of the genetics with it and all that. Um, and so our, our other daughter, um, when she was born, they still didn't have, um, she was born in 86. I did get pregnant, um, fairly quickly. I had to have a little help, but with some medication, but I did wind up getting pregnant. Um, and, uh, so she was born in, uh, August of 86 then. Um, and, uh, they did not have any technology really at that point in time to tell if she possibly had it or not. Mm. Then I had my, our next one was in, uh, well, so then I did, I did wind up having, um, Bridget, our, uh, other next daughter. And then, um, then we, after she was born, we we're going to wait, you know, a couple of years and then try again. And, um, I wound up having a tubal pregnancy. I had a really hard time getting pregnant. So they did a bunch of different procedures and things like that. And, um, actually wound up having a tubal pregnancy and lost a tube, mm. which was, Ooh. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was pretty bad um, because I was bleeding internally and and having some really bad issues with it. Um, dang near lost my life on that one. But uh, um, so then after that healed uh, and they gave us the OK to try again, we did try again, um, again, with some medications and things like that. Um, whatever was I don't even know the names of the stuff that was back then. <laughs> yeah, it's not anything probably that they do now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So much has changed, but anyway, so then, um, so I, then I wound up actually getting pregnant with one tube, uh, and had a daughter in April of 91. Um, by this time, the technology that they had was simply the vaginal ultrasounds and the ultrasounds to see if she just had the chambers of her heart. Mm. And that was truly all they had at that point in time. So we had her. Um, and waiting the allotted time thought, well, okay, let's, you know, should we try for that boy? You know, we've had three girls. <laughs> um, I have three girls as well. So I'm totally, totally yeah. get it. So, so I was like, okay, well, let's give it one more shot. Well, um, at this point in time, and I will quote the doctor, the doctor's words were, it's virtually impossible. You will probably never get pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, at that point in time, I mean, you're kind of like, okay, we got, you know, my husband and I both, well, we got two beautiful daughters. They're, they're fantastic. They're awesome kids. Um, okay. We'll be fine with it. So, you know, if this is what God gives us, this is what God gives us. Mm-hmm. So life moves on. Um, and in 2000, I actually quit teaching and went back to school to get, I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't have my music degree. I just had um, elementary and early childhood and I was like, I'm going to quit. You know, I want to go back and get my music degree, something I've always wanted to do. So I quit teaching in 2000 and went back to school to get my music degree. Um, I was 40 years old and, um, and let me tell you, going back to school. (laughs) Yeah. And not at tw- and and not in your twenties. It's a whole other experience. We we might have to do another podcast just on that. <laughs> oh Lord, oh Lord, that's just that's a whole other. Because you're actually like there to actually learn and pay for it, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm in class with 18 year olds. I'm like, yeah, I'm just here to blow the curve. That's all I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Different experience. So I go back to school. And, um, I am literally almost done. I'm gonna, I, I needed a few more hours to get my master's and, um, I'm just, I'm kicking butt and I'm doing my thing <clears throat> and lo and behold, I get pregnant. What? I was, 
Yes, I was 44 years old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> talk about a gift. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, at, in the beginning, I will say I wasn't. I wasn't, I was, you weren't, you I, weren't thrilled with God's plan. <laughs> I wasn't in the this place because I'm like, oh my God, my life is about to be turned upside down. And of course my husband, who's like, it's not going to be turned upside down. We're going to be fine. And I'm looking at him going, yours is not, you're still going to get up and work every day do your thing. My life is about to get flipped here. So um, I always say, I always say, when I get to heaven and I'm talking to God, I got two questions. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to go, Molly, seriously, why? Yeah. Like, why? Or why? And then I'm going to look at him and go, and Maureen, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> you always did it. <laughs> he, wanted, so, yeah. he wanted you to help. He wants you to help a lot of people. <laughs> different ways. <laughs> In a whole bunch of different ways. So, yes, yes. And most people were like, oh, my God. Like, you can say to somebody, do you remember where you were when they landed on the moon? Do you remember where you were when John F. Kennedy got shot? Do you remember where you were when you found out Denise was pregnant? You know? <laughs> Crazy. Because people will say that. They go, oh, I remember when you told us. People will say that all the time. Oh, my and gosh. She's absolutely beautiful. She's 17 years old. The difference in the technology from having Molly in 1985 to having Maureen in 2003 was incredible. I, they wound up doing a two-hour. She actually had, literally, this is the guy's job, perinatal cardiologist. Like, his job is to work on babies' hearts while they're in uterine. I mean, talk about a specialty, right? Wow. Uh, so they did this like two hour ultrasound and mapped out to make sure that every vein and vessel and artery and whatever that she had every single one of them that because of it being genetic. Yeah. It was incredible. It was incredible. Wow. It is tells me that there's a lot of babies that are born with heart yes, conditions no. that there is a specialist. Yes, that's that's literally what the guy does. Wow, did for taking care of baby hearts. Wow. Like, can you imagine those aren't what any bigger than a walnut? Yeah, wow. But and so like, it's interesting that the other your other three daughters no problem. Now, do they will they do testing prior to having children to see if that genetic problem has been passed on to them? Um, my, my daughter just had a baby in February. Okay. Um, and they did not, that I know of do anything, anything like that. Okay. So I don't know if it's just a parental, like, you know, just the, the, literally the two parents are not, you know, compared to some other diseases, which of course are genetically passed down. Right. I have to, ask, I have to ask her that question because I, I really don't know if that ever came up for her. Yeah, I just know with my daughter, my youngest daughter had um, what's called an infallicile, which I just describe in layman's term. Basically, all of her internal organs were outside of her body when she was born. Uh, that's her that. Well, I know that what's the one that's called um, when their stomach and it starts with an O. Um, hmm. some, I can't remember. It's when their stomach and. And stuff are outside. Yeah. 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 So I had a friend on their, their, her grandson had that. Yeah. So with her, um, they just pulled the skin over until she was one. And so she's the one that was transported to Cardinal Glennon. But with my daughters, then my two youngest daughter, actually all three of my daughters had genetic testing done prior to two of them prior to getting pregnant and the other one did after she had several miscarriages to make sure that they can't say exactly, you know, if there's a problem that it would be the same, but they can do genetic testing and blood work to see if there's going to be any complications, but they can't pinpoint what that is kind of thing. Yeah. So well, yeah, technology, totally. Yeah. Like you said yeah. earlier, the, the, the technology 
in 18 years is just like I I don't even have words to describe or what how long was it 18 years 85 to 2003 yeah 18 years yeah um, is just incredible I mean to have a baby in 1985 and then to have a baby in 2003 the difference was uh, mind-boggling yeah I couldn't couldn't imagine well I guess I can imagine it's kind of like me having my last child and now my daughter's having children you know it's even a bigger span but it's like yeah I'm the same way it's like they can do what you know? exactly <laughs> just all of it and now even to watching like you know he's four months now um and watching like the difference you know she'll be like mom you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that you can't blame on his side you can't do this you can't do that I'm like oh my god I know <laughs> I'm like, who do you think kept you alive? Yeah. You know? <laughs> they have so many more rules. And just there stuff. are. And I guess they've just learned over the years, you know, yes. with, with children, you know, SIDS and some other things that, you know, they're trying to prevent all of that, you know. Well, it's been, I mean, it's a, as a grandma now, it's a learning experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, watching it going, wow. Yeah, don't put a blanket in there. Don't put a pillow yeah. in there. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, what do you mean he can't have his bun bun, for God's sake? <laughs> oh, he can't put them on and not have that in there with him. Yeah, yeah. The sleep sacks and, I mean, like, they put him in this um, snuggly sleep thing. Mm -hmm. Like, that goes in there. He knows that, you know, that, that it's, that's his time. and yeah. Yeah, it's different. It's very different now. That um, it is. So I it's good I'm, stuff. It's all good. It's it, all good. It it is good stuff. It is good stuff. We grandmas just have to um, learn, <laughs> be taught. We're, we're teachable, you know. I well, that's <laughs> like this is you know, and plus the fact that she had a boy, which is a whole new learning curve for me. Mm. You know, from changing diaper all the way, you know. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Yes, yes. I got to clean what? <laughs> I'm with you. My youngest is a grandson. So I'm totally, totally with you on that as well. It's like, well, I don't even, like, I don't even, I don't even know how to do a boy. <laughs> like, when she found out, she, even she was shocked. She's like, I thought I was going to have another girl. Yeah. Because we, we, we're, we're, we live in a girl world. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for those little boys to be a part of it, though. That's yeah. for sure. That's I am sure. very much looking forward to uh, playing yeah. with, doing stuff with them. I get to yes. watch them days a week, so it's oh, cool. Oh, that is cool. That is very cool. Yeah. So was there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners that maybe I didn't ask or didn't come up? Um, and then along with that, just any words of hope and encouragement. You have, I mean, you've you've had a loss, you've had lost a tube, you know, you've had, you know, a birth of a daughter, what they call what geriatric pregnancy or whatever, you know, pretty you, much that's you, what they call it. <laughs> you, you have had all. Yeah. They had, flashing, they had flashing red lights on my file folders. Let me just, <laughs> like, Oh my God. Old lady having baby. I remember, <laughs> I remember they came, they brought her in to nurse and they did not think I was that old. First off, the nurses, which I was like, oh, I love you guys. But yeah. when they found out how old they're, they're like, what? Um, and they brought her in to nurse. And, um, you know, I just was like, okay, give her to me. And um, kind of put her on there and stuff like that. And I remember them, the nurses were like, wait, how are you, like, how, how are you knowing what? And I'm like, like, first off, I've done this before. And, you know. And and just the, just the, the whole like, the whole experience was was kind of you were humorous seasoned not geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was humorous. I mean, you know, at that point in time, literally. I mean, if, okay, so I joke about it, but at forty four, I was like, yeah, we're buying diapers, depends, and tampons in our house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my gosh! My That's... daughter's who was you know my daughter was seventeen. And, um, at the time, and she's like, oh, this kid's going to get like some red GT convertible car and she's going to get this. And that. <laughs> You're not going to care. You're going to be like 34. <laughs> and then the perspective is like, whoa, 
my goodness. How many times, I can't tell you how many times we would be together, the three, like my oldest daughter and me and the baby. And my oldest daughter would be, the first time we went out with her, um, I think we went to Sam's or something. I mean, she was like three weeks old. I was like, I got to get out of this house. And um, I was like, come on, let's go to Sam's. And um, she was carrying her. And uh, uh, some guy came up and just put his hand on her and just like, it's such a beautiful thing that you did. And uh, I remember (laughs) and my daughter, she's like, mom, what was that all about? And I go, I think he just congratulated you on having a baby. Um, <laughs> yes, he like, did. what? Oh my goodness. We'd be, we would be places and people would call me grandma. They would call me grandma if she was like holding her or we'd be out to dinner and they were very, they're very close. My girls are really close, which is really cool. But, um, we'd be ordering food, you know, and she would order. My oldest daughter would be like, Maureen, when you went for, you know, and she'd order far and stuff like that. And, you know, and they would call her mom and, oh my Lord. It was- <laughs> That, that's, oh my gosh! But it, it, it was it, we always would just crack up about it. So, yeah. so as far as advice goes, yeah, words of hope, encouragement, advice um, in any of those um, scenarios or all of those scenarios, all all the your whole journey. I shouldn't say scenario, and in, in in everything that you've experienced, your whole journey, your story. Um, yeah. Every. First off, everybody's story is different. Yeah. No, nobody's story is the same. And the most important thing is to learn from that story. That you you learn from all those experiences. And I, 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 I've always said that, that of all those experiences, I've learned so much from those experiences. I've learned to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Um. I've learned to be more understanding, more compassionate, more caring, more just, just, just there in the moment, understanding, you know, different people and what they're going through and, you know, people that were having, are having a hard time getting pregnant or there's, there's so much that, that happens when you go through that, that happens to you as a human being that changes you and that there's always hope. There's always hope that, that, um, you know, your story and your journey, your journey, as you said, will continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, whether you, you know, have more children, adopt children, you know, whatever, whatever your journey is, whatever your life story is, there's always hope for good things to happen. Yeah. I mean, having a baby at 44, case in point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Totally totally agree that you know don't give up hope you know don't give up hope and be there be there and if and uh, if you have some if you even if you're not in that position you haven't lost any children or you don't have a hard time be there for those that have Mm, that's good advice yes always be there and like you said earlier just be there you don't have to say nope anything just be there for them you don't you really you you don't I had a, a friend who um it was actually the gal who took over and subbed for me um when I lost Molly um she wound up losing her son when he was in his 20s and I remember walking to the funeral home and I walked straight up to her and of course we both cried um and looked at her and just said I don't need to say anything to you. And we just held each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody goes into a funeral home and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, you say that. And I, I knew at that point in time that because that, that was something that her and I both now shared. Yeah. You know, a, a life moment that we both shared that there no words needed to be spoken at that point in time. No, no. There was that understanding. Yeah. It's beautiful. So yeah, what I've kind of, what I'll sum up is to not give up hope, um, to have a support system, you know, a support team with you and make sure if, if that's not, you know, family, you know, outside your spouse, 
friends, make sure you find that. And if you need something, ask for it, you know? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's always hope. There's always hope. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much um, for coming on um, and sharing your story, stories, your whole <laughs> journey um, through having a family. Is, uh, it's amazing. You know, I have no, I had no idea. But um, so many things that I could relate with you, you know, not all of the things for sure, but some for sure. But um, thank you so much. No problem for for sharing that um with all of our listeners and um i hope to sometime soon um be able to grab a coffee and and meet you face to face since we've never done that i would yep. love to do that that would be awesome all righty thank you so much denise all righty all righty all right bye bye Thank you so much, Denise, for sharing your story of hope and encouragement for all of our listeners today. Oh my goodness, you have been through quite a journey. I am sure your story will help so many women. And I am so honored to have uh, been just the host for you to share your story. Of all the women that you have helped already since the loss of Molly Rose, and then to experience the loss of a tube and, and struggling with, with that and not knowing if you had have other children, and then to have a surprise pregnancy at 44. There are so many men and women that you, with this story, you have inspired and will continue to inspire. If you have been inspired by Denise's story or other stories, give us a review, subscribe to this podcast, but most importantly, share this podcast with a person that you know that it can help. If you are interested in connecting with myself or Denise, please contact Connect on Facebook through Women Connect and Support or by sending me an email at Teresa, and that's T E R E S A, dot Women Connect 2019 at gmail.com. All of this information will be in the show notes. And as always, I want you to know that you are not alone on this journey. There are many of us here to help you through this most difficult time in your life.